Yeah, that's a ton of OJ, dude. You're going <laughs> to have gonna get... crazy acid reflux. You're going to have crazy, like your blood sugar is going to be insane. <laughs> Wildly you be, knocked You up. should be working out right now. You should be hitting the pec deck. Yeah, you want to go put three plates up. Now it's time to do it. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Podcasts, Center, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. We're also on Instagram, Wheel Route Podcast at Wheel Route Podcast. The DMs are open, as always. Uh, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at LogonTheDawn. Uh, while we're still doing that and um, yeah coming to you guys from uh, lovely Stewart Florida where it's been warm balmy clear skies Um, and I'm happy to report you guys will be happy to know that I've updated all of the drivers on my um, uh, the firmware and all the drivers that were missing on my laptop and I'm I'm planning on not dropping internet tonight I'm, I'm gonna I'm boldly stepping out I did just get a warning that my my connection was unstable, but we're gonna we powered through that and so uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a good night. So Jordan, this one's for you. I I appreciate that. I appreciate your efforts and your commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we are clinging on to probably our last day of sixty degree weather for the foreseeable future. Um, it was fun while it lasted. My Wordle scores are on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Uh, today almost got me, but I I hit the buzzer beater and kept kept the streak alive. Um, I also want to put it on the record uh, that I did watch the Glass Onion film uh, over Christmas holiday. Enjoyed it a ton. Um, I. I understand why people may not have liked it, but I don't like the take of, well, it was lazy or it was compl- it wasn't complex enough for me. Um, I think those are bad takes. You're you're free to like not enjoy a piece of art, a piece of film, um, but I think the like they didn't do this right take that seems to be popping up um, is bad. So I just want that on the record. That's you're, you're 100% people, correct. People root for Iowa football, you know. Who, who's yeah. who are we willing to cast aspersions at art, you know? <laughs> Anyways, my name is Jason Crick. Hello. Um, I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, very much enjoyed the brief taste of like mid fall that we got for the last couple of days. Um, wish it well as it, as it exit, exits very hastily, I'm sure. Um, Let's see, I tweet things at Jason Kreck. I literally just did the Wordle while Jordan was talking. So I appreciate again the reminder. You're welcome. Um, Accountability partners. That's yeah, what we that's do. good. Um, and yeah, uh, Jordan, 100% correct about about Glass Onion. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Very delightful. We'll watch any and all uh, Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. So yeah, people, people that didn't enjoy it, it, it just objectively wrong about this completely subjective piece of art yeah listen not all not all movies are 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 supposed to be the most stimulating and yeah this is not like meant to be a jordan peele psychological yeah that's what i think is is weird it's like well it didn't it 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 didn't say anything about the like yeah man it's a little like it's a little murder mystery like was the original this was this was knives out sequel i remember watching knives out and being like Hmm. Like I wasn't sure how to feel about it. I enjoyed it, but I was also like, okay. I mean, that like it was, you know, what I'm saying like, is it the same sort of feeling? Uh, sort of. It's it's done in the same spirit. I think it's so. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was, that Ryan, was like, it was, yeah, I it think was it aims watching. for the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Ryan Ryan Johnson is like his his whole thing. I, I think he's a 
outstanding filmmaker. Um, but his whole thing, like he loved Agatha Christie novels, like little mystery novels and whodunits and stuff like that. And he just wanted to write and do ones with massive, enjoyable Hollywood stars. And so that's what he does. And so um, the new one is kind of done in a different format. And he actually, he came out and said that it kind of pissed him off that they put like glass onion, a knives out mystery or something like that, because he wants them there. He considers them all very separate. Like they don't, it's not the same timeline. It's not like, yeah, it's got one carryover character. It's just a one, it's one little story about this really great detective named Benoit Blanc, who's hilarious. So, yeah, I, mm. I think Daniel Craig is my favorite uh, James Bond of all time, but I think he was born to play Benoit Blanc. Like, <laughs> it's somehow he, he's, like he's very clearly having a delightful time. Yeah. And this is also my opportunity to cape for. Um, Oh my god! I just completely forgot the name of the movie. Um, Logan Lucky. Thank you, Logan Lucky. Um, a very wonderful movie where he plays uh, he Joe Bang player? from Alabama, and it's, it's like awesome. where he started becoming Benoit Blanc. That was like was, the yeah, minor was, entry you know, of the Foghorn yeah. Leghorn. Ocean Seven Eleven. It was it's just a wonderful movie, yeah. start to finish. I've watched it like four times. I've seen that movie, Jason. You'll be happy to know. Nicely, I'm very proud of you. I've seen that one. Was it too long for you, or about the right right leg? I honestly don't remember a single thing about it, other than there was like a some sort of NASCAR <laughs> event, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important part of the movie. <laughs> People are saying. People are saying. That's what it, yeah, I got a problem, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I got a problem. Okay. Movies happen in front of me, and I just they just. You can so go taking, look up the, the ending, you can take like you do uh, reality shows. And <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, oh. Also, let me be, let me be the first to wish a hearty congratulations to our guy yes. Luke B on his engagement. <laughs> I, I really, I'm, I'm really happy for him, thrilled for him. I'm glad he found stoked, it. Stoked for all the single ladies out there that Luke yeah. P is now yeah. off the market and right, not a danger right. to you anymore. I'm, I'm glad that he found an honorable. Um, upstanding, a woman of high character, as he put it on his Instagram post, which was wild, wild that he did that in public. But, um, but shout out, shout out so. to the gains. <laughs> Absolutely. Are we drinking anything fun tonight, boys? Jason, I've seen you taking a drag off a big bottle over there. Is that just <laughs> like a huge bottle of pre-made screwdriver, Jason? I wish that would be awesome. Door at all times. I have. I'll go first, since I have. Uh, I have felt a bit loogie uh, this afternoon and evening, and. Okay. all the stuff going around that'd I, be a good wordle word someday yeah that would be a that'd be a bastard of a wordle word um just really? trying to get ahead of the game just hammering an entire 52 fluid ounces of tropicana no pulp orange juice no pulp interesting yeah not a pulp guy i know it's healthier i, I can't, can't do it yeah, I mean, not for me when i dabbled in the juices i was a light pulp guy that's that's fair. I, I should probably. I don't think when I when I committed to the no pulp, I don't think light pulp existed. So I think I should probably give it a chance. Yeah. Well, it's twenty twenty three. New year, new yeah. you, Jason. I like a lot of pulp in a mimosa. I think I like the way that the bubbles sort of elevate interact into like with a cloud of pulp at the top that you kind of the effervescence. Yeah, of you the... can fight through. Yeah, it, it sort of like gives like a, a buoyancy to this. <laughs> it's like a like a like a mesh. There's like a mesh net of pulp at the top. Um, <laughs> Just floating cheese of, cloth. Of it just pulp. sort of emerges. The drink sort of emerges from, which is which surprise. Is <laughs> but uh, when I'm just drinking regular orange juice, I like some some pulp to to high pulp. But I think otherwise, I, I prefer a less pulp. If you're going like, my dad likes to drink um, rum and orange juice. That's a big David Whitehouse beverage. I feel like sometimes I don't love a lot of pulp in that. I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Doesn't interact well with the ice cubes. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Jordan, uh, I've just got some some grapefruit polar at Costco okay. for a new case recently, so I'm working through that. Oh, excellent! Uh, I had a little uh, shout out to friend of the podcast, uh, you know, Dr. Colin Smith. Uh, this is the the groomsman cup here, but I got a little pour of bourbon going this evening. There we go. Um, figure two fingers. Probably probably don't have. Uh, yeah, um, we probably don't have too many pods left this year, so I'll start drinking. You know, let's get it going. Yeah, now now that you're not losing your picks anymore, I got to get them in. Well, I can. I, you right. know, there's probably God knows there's probably some sort of fitness challenge bearing down on me that's going to involve me not drinking for months on end. So we're, we're going to go ahead and, and and get her done. 
Uh, there's I got a, a little uh, a little cherry in there too, just to Ooh. add a little add a little flavor. What uh, what bottle are we working on tonight? Um, this is the Russell's Reserve Ten Year. Nice. Pretty standard. It's been on the shelf for a little while, so figured I'd pop her open. Yeah, give it a wake up call. Absolutely. But anyhow, all right. Well, happy New Year. Let me also be the first to wish you guys a happy New Year on January fourth. And to um, you as well. <laughs> <laughs> excited uh to uh take another trip around the sun on this earth i guess so yay go to um i i mean i don't know if there's been a lot of college football news we want to touch on there was a, a bobby petrino sighting today um i thought he was going to be joining barry odom in in las vegas which potentially was a, a funnier timeline than what actually happened um but now he's joining potentially the most unlikable trio of college football coaches uh, possible in uh, in Aggieland. So congratulations to Texas A&M. They got their guy, their offensive coordinator, um, Bobby Petrino, is going to be joining. And allegedly he's going to be call, like fully calling plays. That's what I saw. He's going to be the play caller. So what yeah, apparently reports. Jimbo is giving up play calling duties. What's Jimbo going to do with that spiral notebook that he has with him at all times? What's in there now? Just like, Probably uh, duck blind pictures. Do not want to know pictures of duck blinds. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I, this is funny only in that Bobby Petrino is like a classic college football heel character type, um, but is also an excellent play caller. So it could work out for Texas A&M in the darkest timeline possible, I suppose. But also uh, a lot of big personalities that on that coaching staff that are not overly likable. It could be fun. Yeah, it, it feels kind of like a a move strategically for Jimbo to maybe deflect a little bit of attention. Like, hey, you know what? Like, y'all y'all been complaining about me long enough. Right. Let, let me give you something new. Y'all y'all thought you were upset with me. Enter Bobby Petrino. We'll see. The how first it time goes. the first time Haynes King takes a you know five step drop and like just airmails a pass through the uprights. Jimbo's just gonna be like. <laughs> Told y'all. Told yeah, y'all. Do we do we have a an over under on what week Jimbo uh commits commits a coup on the play calling duties. Just gets Ooh. fed up and says, Nope. I'm Is that gonna be b- before or after Bobby Petrino tries to commit a coup on Jimbo's job? I was gonna say that might be the more the, the, the race the, to the watch. Petrino Durkin coalition which, might which be. coup yeah, which coup comes first. See, um, like, I feel like uh, Petrino and Durkin aren't smart enough, and they're also too selfish to like. They wouldn't team up. They would try to run their own independent. Groups. Or they would. They would. I think they'll they'll team up and both think they're outsmarting the other one. And be like, yeah. no, but I have this set up to be my own head coach, and then just submarine each other. And meanwhile, Jimbo uh, knows about the whole thing. Yeah, Jimbo like, just like, the hell's going on. This is going exactly according to plan. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this is right. And then they'll be back to running the most complex like 32 plays in history. They'll go nine and um, three because each of those coordinators is trying to like outperform the other so they can be named the interim coach. Yeah. And Jimbo will get his job back because yeah, they'll, they'll accidentally win whatever SEC happened last year. They'll get murdered by Alabama. They'll get beat by LSU and they'll drop a weird one. Um, and yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, that sounds good. God knows they probably play Florida again. They play Florida every year for some strange reason. So sick of playing Texas a Um Hmm. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I guess I got, I got, I got nothing else there. Is there any other? Has there been any other coaching news? I, I kind of feel like well, we might potentially it. see Michigan. We're doing the Michigan Ooh, could come true. open dance. Uh, that annual dance. Yeah. Uh, our guy Tepper. Our guy Tepper's on it with the uh, the the um. What did I see? The Panthers. The Carolina Panthers owner has been allegedly in contact with Harbaugh about the job. So TBD we're on Harbaugh watch again. As always. Um, also, I think uh, I heard that owner of the Panthers, David Tepper has like, like just like some metal metallic, like a scrotum on his like desk, like a, like balls, you know? Oh, like truck nuts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but like he, it, it's nuts. like a, yeah. Desk nuts. Yes, it's, it's like a thing, you know. Good for him. Interesting decision um, on the heels of Mr. Richardson's shenanigans. Yes. But um, let's get to some college football games, Jordan. 
there were some bowl games of note. We took them in a fantastic uh, Saturday of college football here. Um, and uh, honestly, I kind of enjoyed, I was looking through these. I was like, man, I think I actually watched most of all these games. Feel pretty good about, feel pretty good about my standing as far as like being able to actually chat, uh, you know, somewhat intelligently about the games, which is good. But we made it finally. Hooray. Uh, the first one of note that we are referencing was the Orange Bowl way back last year in 2022. Uh, this was Tennessee and Clemson, uh, a clash of two very slightly different shades of orange. Um, I appreciated all of the, the color cards that got tweeted um, from like Nike's 2014 uniform schema um, listing all the different university oranges and their variants. As as a gear guy, I, I really appreciate that sort of breakdown. So speaking speaking, this is a huge uh just diverting this topic, but I think we can collectively pour one out for the East Bay magazine. Oh yeah. Um yeah. which so was the a, magazine is done so. I, I believe the catalog is the company is, is, has gone under. Yeah. yeah. Oh the, the company is done so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I bought shoes from East Bay like last year. They always <laughs> had good deals. Yeah, I bought a golf polo from them last year. I was going to shout them out as being the the catalog of our youths, but I appreciate it. They no, they 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 definitely are. They, they were that the, as well for sure. Yeah, the, uh, the jump shoes um, that oh, you yeah. could you could purchase to make your calves huge. I was always intrigued. That's right, with the little platform. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because the the model they had for that like had the biggest calves ever, like yeah. Saquon yeah. Barkley calves. Yeah. yeah, like my guy, our our guy, friend of the podcast, Miles Brubacher, legendary set of calves on that guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I didn't, I didn't want to derail the podcast. I wanted to right, give right, a shout right. out to the, an icon of the 90s. Yeah, right. For sure. Um, anyway, Tennessee Clemson. But yeah, Clemson and Tennessee, also icons of the 90s, now that you mention it. Um, <laughs> these two teams played, and one played better than the other. It was Joe Milton time, guys. Very impressed <laughs> with what I saw from the big quarterback. Um Dude. He put some balls on receivers. Uh, Clemson, I was shocked at how unprepared Clemson's offense looked to deal with pressure. Um, it it was surprising. I also feel a little better that like that offense still kind of looks like some booty even after Tony <laughs> Elliott's gone. So it's like, hey, it, maybe it wasn't Tony Elliott's fault. Maybe maybe there's a Dabo problem in Clemson. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah. Yeah, Clemson seems like they've they're they're like one of the biggest cases of like have gotten away with it uh all year. Um looking like some booty as well put, Jordan. The offense. They just they they could not they didn't move the ball. Well, I, I guess that's not they missed like four field goals, didn't they? Yeah, that young three. man had they a missed, rough night. They yeah. I think they missed three and then there was a fake on the first one that was called and they that's like right. the announcers kept weirdly like putting that on the kicker like that was his fault they ran like a speed option yeah and ran right yeah, son like, did yeah. not pitch it he went for yeah. glory selfish yes, much like classic. his father and uh <laughs> just what didn't a, make right the right football play jordan right. keeps that bang on him yeah. But yeah the uh like the field goal kicker he was tied going into the game he was tied for the school record of made field goals I think, yes. and so it was. No, he was just one like, behind. He needed oh, okay. to make one to tie. One to and, tie. Two, and it was just like, yeah. all right, this will be the one, right? This will be the one, right? And then by the third one, you're just like, oh, please make it. Now, one or two of them, he wasn't put in the best makeable range. It was a um, lot of like, yeah, 44 yards. It was a 55 yarder that was missed. So yeah. that's yeah, that's not necessarily. He smothered one. He smothered one. That so I guess like, my, my accusation on this ball probably wasn't true. What I will say is I would like to see their efficiency upon crossing the 35. Um, yes. Because yeah. we, we texted it about it that night. It was just, just looked terrible. Lubnick also made a terrible decision uh, at the end of the first half. They had zero timeouts and oh yeah, yeah. Ran, <laughs> ran a play and ended up like scrambling directly up the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lear learnable, coachable, teachable moment there. Um, he just he had this bug-eyed look on his face the whole game. I don't know if that's his his normal look, but he just looked like very over adrenaline. Like uh, like night. somebody who yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like my heart's beating he, um, way too fast, and I don't know how to slow it down. Yeah, I would. I would like to submit that he probably needs to rethink his his haircut moving forward. I don't think he's got great quarterback hair, and I think like Trevor Lawrence at least like owned it. You know what I'm saying? Like owned the owned the sunshine shag. Well, look, um, when you can sling the pill like Trevor Lawrence, you you can do a lot of most things. And you're like things with your six hair. four stallion looking fellow. Right. But um, but yeah, no, I just think I I I think that uh, Mr. Klubnik probably just get in the barber chair. New year, new you, right? We'll move it along, but shout out to Just Joe don't Milton. take any sideburn lessons from your head coach. <laughs> Probably true. Um, but no, definitely shout out to Joe Milton. That guy makes some throws that jump off the screen. Mm-hmm. Like he he puts there was extreme, extreme amounts of mustard on throws. Yeah. And like even that deep one that he, he didn't really underthrow it, but the guy had to kind of like veer off to, to go catch it. Like he was like... um sliding up in the pocket but not really like crow hopping into that and then just flicked it and it it went like it was a, a, like the justin fields like moon drop into the bucket um throw i mean they, the guy makes really good throws i don't know what the deal is i don't know why he continuously gets beat out for jobs after like four weeks of being the starter he got beat out by hooker after four weeks last year i think there's some injuries at play too perhaps um also weird timeline if he doesn't get injured maybe and, and just Hendon Hooker just like we just never hear about Hendon Hooker again. He just doesn't become Heisman finalist all American yeah. Hendon Hooker this year. Who knows? Um and then I mean, but I think the same thing happened at Michigan two years ago too. He got he was the starter for like three games, then got beat out. So probably some inconsistency issues. Maybe he's got he's got that Felipe Franks in him, as people are saying, but um I, I don't know. He seemed to he seems this Tennessee offense is a good fit for what he does well. I'll yeah. Say that. And shout out to Tennessee. I mean, Jalen Hyatt didn't play in the game. They didn't really seem to have too many problems. The first half was kind of slow in this game. Like I said, a bunch of this field. Um, Tennessee did. Yeah, it was. Great, I just looked at it. It was 14, 14 3 at halftime. And then, yeah, Clemson's fourth quarter touchdown cut it to seven. But it, I don't know that it ever really felt that close for no. whatever reason. Yeah. Clemson needed to get points going into the half. And when yeah. they didn't, and it was down 11, because I think Tennessee got the ball to start. The second half, maybe? No, Clemson yes. got the ball, drove down, kicked another field goal. Okay. Then Tennessee scored right at the end of the third quarter. And then Clemson drove down and, and scored their only touchdown. And then Tennessee immediately turned around, and that's when they scored in that, like, 48-yarder or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Tennessee wide receiver Squirrel White. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very college football name. Excellent. Excellent. I think it fits well in the Tennessee volunteer universe. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> His, All right. His little, his anyway, when we when we overrank Tennessee next year, they'll have at least earned it. So I'm I'm satisfied with that. What what is uh the Joe Milton situation? Is he coming back? Is he? I think he has another year. Um. So I think the the thought is he's likely to be the he's the presumed starter for next year. Yeah. But they have they have like a five star super recruit. Um. That is always seen wearing pajama pants and all videos you see of him. Oh. Seems like an interesting character, but uh, he looks really good too. Dual threat kind of guy, um, Nico Lamalawea, something like that. So uh, your week four name. starter. Yes, right. Potentially, there's that that potential depending <laughs> on how things go. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, for Tennessee, like they had a really they had a really good year. Um, beat Alabama, great. Uh, some some sort of weird things happened at the end of the year. You have some injuries. And stuff like that. Um, curious to see like what their ceiling is. Like, are they there? Feels like maybe they're there. I don't know. Um, their defense, I think, needs to get potentially like a lot better for them to like not get shelled by South Carolina randomly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not yeah. saying that's gonna happen every year, but um the way that they play is is certainly high volatility. And sometimes when you welcome volatility, volatile things happen to you. In the same way that you can avoid volatility and you know get bit by that too. So I don't know. Um kind of curious about Tennessee. Yeah. Uh on the flip side, I am interested to see what uh becomes of the well, I guess we're the ACC is not doing divisions anymore. Maybe maybe next year. Um but Just, I was gonna say like FS is is FSU now the the favorite for 
the ACC moving forward, or do we do we still drink the Clemson Kool Aid until I they mean go Clemson was eight and four. I think we I think you have to drink the Clemson Kool Aid until they go eight and four. They were by far the ACC this year, and that included beating FSU pretty good, right? Um, I mean, I think FSU has the most potential to catch up next year. I think maybe long-term you would say Miami based on talent acquisition profile, but I don't, I don't know that Miami's coaching staff has given you enough to be that excited. I'll be honest. I don't know that Florida state's coaching staff has given you enough to be that excited about, at least for challenging Clemson. Um, I think Florida state has certainly improved, but um, I don't think Florida state's back. Uh, if, if you want to use that word, uh, which we know how like sort of loaded that is, but sure. Bobby Bowden ain't walking through that door. Well, that's for sure. So, um, but yeah, I think probably Florida state is your most likely, but like, how bad is the ACC if this Clemson team that we've seen all year kind of do this and get away with it was like clearly the best team in the conference. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. to me, that's, that's a more damning thing. Like all, uh, you know, shade throwing at Miami and Florida state aside, uh yeah and i i don't know that i'm sold on clemson being like clearly the best i think they were clearly the most consistent and that's what won them the conference like wake wake took them to overtime i think the best version of wake forest could beat anyone in the conference but they couldn't do that like the best wake forest just could not show up 80 percent of the season um so it's a consistent thing. North Carolina looked a, really good at times too, right? I mean, they they looked. I thought they looked really good. A veces, but all right. Anyhow, well, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Um, the final meaningful bowl game of 2022 was the Sugar Bowl. Uh, probably not sponsored by Nokia anymore, uh, but those were the good days. <laughs> the Nokia Sugar Bowl. Whew. That, yeah, that awakens the echoes. Takes me back. Right there with the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, such uh, a perfect, such a perfect matchup of, of for, all the for all the Tostitos. For all the Tostitos. Uh the Sugar Bowl featured Alabama and Kansas State. Um Kansas State jumped out to a neat, fun, sparky little 10 nothing lead, and then uh, it was it was roll tide roll. Uh, yeah. The only regret I have here was not looking for a live Alabama money line when Kansas State went up ten nothing. Um, but it was it was fun to watch Bryce Young. Like Bryce Young did not look good or comfortable the first couple of drives, and then mm-hmm. it seemed like he remembered like, oh yeah, I'm Bryce Young. I I do this. So. He he to me plays with like more poise than I can remember a lot of quarterbacks playing with. And I mean I'm even counting like like when Tua really had it cooking at Alabama, that was fun, but that was fun in that like it felt like they were just really, really aggressive and like RPOing you to death. Bryce, and Bryce and the receivers so were so good. But yeah, Bryce seems so calm. Um he doesn't seem like he has like four NFL receivers, at least right now. Um that he that just has guys running butt naked wide open all the time, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, he really makes it go. Kansas State classic fool's gold long touchdown uh, that was scored. Everyone's like, uh oh, are they good? It's like five minutes to go in the first quarter. Duzvon busts out uh, like what was that like an eighty yard run or something like that? That was very impressive. Good for him. And then Alabama. Yeah, and then Alabama. That's kind of yeah. all. It, all it was like. They and mostly their defense themselves. took over, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they found themselves. Their defense, I think, played two potential. I don't know that um, what Kansas State does is particularly exotic or complex if they can't set up their – I mean, they, they have a well-schemed running game, but if you're just – if Alabama is following their rules on defense, I'm guessing um, you're not going to be able to win a whole lot of just man-on-man matchups there, and I think that caught up with them. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think um... – you know, the, the program that he built at North Dakota State was probably in in Alabama's image as much as anything. And uh, they they were the most physical team in 1AA and FCS for a decade. Um, they almost certainly still are to this day. And so I think he's done an outstanding job of doing that at Kansas State. And then he ran up against patient zero and 
sometimes it's just that simple. Like you can, you can boss around probably 119 teams in the country and there's like three teams you can't boss around and that's one of them. And yeah. Alabama just sat on until they died, which they've done to like 500 teams over the last 15 years. So, yeah, there still seems to be, I mean, this year's Alabama, I think we all agree wasn't the best one we've seen, but I am, I continue to be fascinated by Georgia morphing into like what Alabama used to be from just like a, meanness standpoint um and a you can't kill them standpoint spoiler alert um that was like to me was really how alabama made a lot of their money um well you know five to seven to ten years ago however things were going there so uh i'm curious to see like where these two programs go alabama is absolutely recruiting like crazy you know talent isn't going to go down but i'm wondering if we can see Alabama like play with more edge. It seems like we've seen Alabama with not play with like a ton of edge on defense um, the past couple of years. And that includes like with guys like Will Anderson on the team, like Will Anderson's going to be like the second pick in the draft um, and he's an edge guy and he's so good, but um, I don't know, maybe they just haven't had like a Minka Fitzpatrick, like strong safety guy that can do everything. And, you know, they used to, they used to, wasn't there that one year they scored a non offensive touchdown in like nine or 10 straight games? They've just, yeah, they had a streak not, going. Not only was the offense amazing, but like they scored either a punt return or a defensive touchdown every game, too. So you were, you were basically starting in like a seven and nothing hole against Alabama. Um, I don't know. Like, again, just things to keep an eye on. Like, moving forward, has Georgia like actually passed Alabama in terms of that? Because, I don't know. I think you could say they've actually caught on and have had good quarterbacks and stuff like that. Georgia is still doing the, we don't need a good quarterback or we don't need a quarterback that can go win us the game. Cause we're just going to squeeze you to death and, and be ready. Yeah. To go. We don't need a plus quarterback cause everything else is so good. Right. So, okay. Well, that that's, you know, that, that that's interesting, but good for Kansas state. Great year. Um, yeah. The Big Twelve is going to get weaker with Texas and Oklahoma, you know, leaving. So they should, they should be sitting pretty to to be a good team here. Yeah. Uh, final note on this game: I, I believe it featured a fair amount of uh, box sweet shots of Kurt and Brenda Warner. Do I do I remember that correctly? Do they have a kid on the team? Hmm. I'm not sure. Hard to say. I don't I feel know. Feel like I saw a lot of Kurt Warner on on my screen during this game, but. Uh, Maybe I'll go back and see if see if I can re rejog the memory. Um, moving in to uh, the evening games, we've got Sia. Uh, do we want to talk Cotton and Rose before we talk playoff? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get this out of the way. Cause... Cotton Bowl uh, took place Woo! January second, and what a humdinger of a heck of a ball there. game. Tulane think... comes out on top. In a in a wild, hectic, frantic finish, USC was winning this game by 15 points with four and a half minutes left, and they lost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, USC just seems to get into these games. Um, this seems maybe to be a Lincoln Riley thing. Uh, something to, again, if we're keeping eyes on things moving forward, uh, the Lincoln Riley experience um, is this what it is or? Is it like, is this a stepping stone to be what it could be? And does, does USC need to reevaluate their defensive personnel, like coaching personnel? Um, Cause I think they have some, some players on that side of the ball, but it would appear that they are totally down to give up points. And I mean, like Utah balled outrageous on them like last time out. Yeah. And then this happened. I mean, I think Tulane had the ball for like, 21 minutes in this game or something too. A USC scored a zillion points. I don't know if USC punted and still found a way to lose this game. Really weird. Um, really big mistake at the end of this game. USC kick returner catching the ball at the one yard line. And I guess he, did he call fair catch or whatever happened there? Like, just let it go over your head, man. It's, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, or return it, you know, but yeah, certainly can't do what you did there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what was the deal was, but. They, ended, they started with the ball at the one, and that kind of was the catalyst for the safety. And then, um, and then Tulane got the ball and, and scored a touchdown, and won the game. So, 
Good for Tulane. It was a fun. It was a really so fun like, game. I mean, also, the the play call that resulted in the safety interesting choice to like go long mesh point. Yeah, uh, I, I think I you're just thinking you got the Heisman quarterback back there. He's going to make a good decision and at least get you out of the end zone. Yeah, uh, that was I, blown. I up. Would that play like, was totally blown up. Yeah, I would prefer not putting the pressure on my Heisman quarterback to make a good decision by starting with a bad decision and then. Like having him f- have to fix it, that would be my preference as a head ball coach. But I, I'm not a big whistle anywhere, so what do I know? Um, right. But yeah, uh, and you know what? Also, shout out to video review for this because we had uh, on the game winning touchdown, we had an official in the area with a line of sight on the ball who was adamant that the ball had bounced off the turf and called it incomplete. Um, yeah. Did the full-on slap in the ground. Yeah, uh, like Duke basketball floor slaps. <laughs> he was he was assaulting that turf. Um, yes. But shout-out to the, to the replay booth. They got it right, and uh, Tulane won the ball game. So. And the tight end knew that he caught it, too. That, I mean, yeah. obviously, he wasn't, like, trying to sell it. Like, that was a – that was a – what are you talking about? It was – it was I thought it was on the ground, um, but – there was a mass of body parts underneath the ball that prevented it from touching the ground. There you go. Good for Tulane. A heartwarming story. Willie Fritz comes back. Um, we'll see. This might be high watermark for Tulane, but love to see it. Ever since they won the SEC back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the final non-college football playoff game was the Rose Bowl. It took place at 5 p.m. on January 2nd. Penn State and Utah participated. Um, looks like this finished a 14-point Penn State win. Uh, I quit watching after Penn State got up big, and it looked like Cam Rising was headed to the tent, so yeah. to speak. Um, so I didn't catch a whole lot of this. The highlights I did see uh, looked like a different Penn State than I had maybe seen in in spots uh, in terms of offensive aggression. Um, but Hey, that's, that's what bowl season's for. Try, try some new stuff out, see what you got, kick the tires on some stuff. And, uh, looks like it worked out well. So yeah. Shout um, out to big game, James Franklin too. I think in reviewing Penn state season there, you might be able to do a little bit of revisionist history here and say that they pretty much thoroughly won every game that they should have won. And they lost to Michigan and Ohio state. And they're poised to be a good team if they can get quarterback like figured out. And I think they have, I think they have like a young five-star kid that's supposed to be playing next. Uh, this was the Sean Clifford swan song. He's taking his big knee braces with him to the NFL, um, potentially uh, emotional on the sideline. Could be a Steelers backup coming off the game there. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Pennsylvania kid, but. Yeah, I mean, Penn State did score on two really long plays. There was a running play that busted loose and a like a pass play that kind of a guy got behind someone and or someone fell down or whatever. And um, we had a little bit of rain in this game too, seemed to uh, affect the surface a bit. But uh, Penn State did, you know, they they broke the game open really on the heels of those two big plays, which is awesome for them. Um, I guess you know, I'm gonna try to like resist being super bullish on Penn State. Just because, like, I think that there is a, a yeah, there, there's, you have some questions at the most important position on the field. Granted, they have been rolling Sean Clifford out for the past three years and have been mostly fine. So maybe quarterback isn't, um, you know, the the big thing at Penn State, but also um, they, I think, have like maybe some some boom potential here, especially if Michigan has like a bit of a, a coaching turnover or something like that. But um, yeah, and then Utah. They kind of just seemed like they were out of gas a little bit. Uh, I think a couple big emotional wins against USC this season was good for them. Um, they just were not really able to like sustain and or finish drives. I don't know if Rising was hurt a lot. Um, certainly they missed Dalton Kincaid in this game. That's Rising's guy to go to. Um, they weren't really able to run it overly effectively. They just, Penn State had them pretty much bottled up, and I don't think – Utah is the type of team that's going to like really scheme you to death if, if they're having some personnel issues. So 
I wasn't, I guess, terribly surprised that Utah didn't look great. I was just a little surprised that Penn State looked kind of like uh, so dynamic. Yeah, Penn State I, appears I, to have some fast dudes also. Like, yeah, Penn State does is, not lack for athletes. I was surprised that like Penn State appeared to be the one dictating the pace and the tempo or the energy of the game. Like Utah looked like the reactor and not the protagonist. Um, where in all of their best games, they have been the one saying, here's the song we're going to dance to. You guys better keep up. Um, Penn State was the one doing that, and that surprised me because that's, again, not what I was accustomed to seeing from Penn State. Um, but, uh, yeah, Absolutely. that was the Rose Bowl. And now we move to the – I didn't see it down to this game, so we can move on. Yeah. We can now move to the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Um, TCU, Michigan. Formerly known as. 4 p.m. New Year's Eve. What a game. Man. What a, what a second half, really. First first yeah. half was, eh. It was fine. As a Michigan yeah. man myself, it was, meh, first half. But <laughs> the second half gave me hope, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, two, I think um, – worthy participants in this game. I think everybody had some just general questions on like, could TCU stand up to a big rough and tumble football team? And I, I mean, I don't know, I guess, yes, they can. Um, Seems that way. TCU has played this game all year long. That was kind of what I like dawned on me at some point in the second half of this game. It was like, Oh, this is a TCU game. Like uh, this is, <laughs> this is what they do. They, you know, there's busted coverages, there's big plays. The quarterback like barely completes 50% of his passes and like looks very shady and or sketchy at times. And uh he kind of got boned on one of those interceptions. I felt a little bad for him there that would like drilled the receiver and went right to the Michigan guy. But it's, it's, these things happen. Um, but they got a couple big plays, uh, and basically just like continued to answer the bell every time they needed to answer the bell, um, in order to the sort of extend that lead a little bit right right to the very end and then a drive falls short for Michigan. Uh, I guess some people will be quick to point out that there was potentially a dubious targeting no call right at the end. I think there was also like 17 seconds left in the game there. Michigan still had like to score a touchdown and go 65 more yards, if I'm not mistaken. So it wasn't like they were on the doorstep, um, but certainly could have changed the outcome, I suppose. Uh, we, we got a lot of – it would appear the announcers were kind of pulling for Michigan. I don't want to be that guy, but – there was a lot of uh, J.J. McCarthy worship in this game. Uh, a lot of he just mouthed to his girlfriend in the stands, we're going to win this game. And then all of it just kind of like went up in flames, which is kind of delightful in a way. Um, but, but yeah, no, I loved this game. It was fun. TCU proved they belong, um, seemed confident, and got some, got some players. The yeah, I, Kings. I thought TCU did a really good job of – and shout out to – Sonny Dykes, like the job yes. he has done there, incredibly impressive. Um, but I well, think assembling that roster too, like I mean, I think they they had a ton of portal additions. Yeah, the roster, but also like they they seemed to attack the Michigan defense the way Ohio State should have, especially oh, yeah. given Ohio State's roster. It's almost like he watched that Ohio State game and was like, "Ha, you idiots! <laughs> like, look." Look what you're not doing. Why didn't I'll, you just try this? Yeah, I'll I'll show you guys how to do it. And then he went out and did it. Um, guys, guys were getting wide, wide open. Um, Max Duggan was doing Max Duggan things, um, and we had seven turnovers in this game. So, like you said, just a yeah. lot of chaos, which we as a collective group uh, thoroughly enjoy. So it was a college football game. There's there were some people on the time Twitter timeline that were sort of uh, like. Mm. This is fun, you know. Yeah. This is this is Ooh. interesting. I got does a this text happen from all a the time. <laughs> like, famed, oh no, 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 it doesn't. But enjoy it when it does. Yeah, I got a text from famed member of the Cube, Benjamin Benjamin Brooks, uh, inquiring as to is this really how college football is? Because this is crazy. Um, shout out to him. They welcomed another addition to the family over the weekend as well. So you know, good good for Mazel them. Glad he was glad he was plugged in. But uh, yeah, man, fun fun, Jason. As the biggest TCU fan on the podcast, how did, how did you? For, yeah, first, thing? congratulations, Jason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I like I 
Our purplest, uh, our purplest boy. As you, yeah, that part is true. You know, my my grandfather, you know, lifelong TCU fan. No, I, eventually these lies, people are just gonna start believing them, and so feel the need to feel the need to myself. You're reverse manifesting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, this was, I mean, as will be a theme for both of these games. Like this game was just very awesome and super fun. Um, lots of very pointsy, but it didn't feel like. It didn't feel like a game with like crappy defense being played. It's just like, oh, everybody is executing here. Um, and I found that wildly enjoyable. Um, I was very, I was impressed. Like, you know, we've kind of mentioned all year TCU like has a little bit of a horseshoe. They're getting some bounces. They, they had the straight, like the field goal they kicked earlier in the year where they just like ran on and snapped it on a live clock with like two seconds left. And, Coaching. Like, I was coaching. But this, they just, they just won. They just, they just beat Michigan. They, they shut them. They held them to six points at halftime, and then basically held on for dear life. But like, you know, Michigan's a good team. They're eventually going to wake up. So it was, yeah, it was fun to watch. It was really enjoyable. It was, it was one of those things. Like, I think, like a lot of people, I'm looking. So with like three minutes left in the third quarter, TCU had the pick six to go up. 18 18 and i think a lot of people were like man tc is going to do this and then there were like 25 30 more points scored and yeah so it was it was a very fun college football game the start of a start of a delightful evening yeah Yeah, i think first half michigan reminded me of the michigan i saw play michigan state earlier this season where they struggled to finish drives mccarthy was not making value added plays he was just there um participating in the offense um but i think to their credit they they fixed some stuff and and got it rolling it was just too little too late and they turned the ball over too much as well so so tcu advances to the biggest dance of them all to take on the winner of ohio state georgia which ended up being the dogs. Stetson Bennett the fourth rises again. Yeah. Yeah, can't really talk a whole lot of trash about Stetson after this game. I mean, at least the second, <laughs> at least the, the second half of this game. I mean, it's fun to yeah. say that he can only throw the ball thirty-seven yards, and that may actually be true. But he, you know, I think that this Todd is it. Todd Munkin is that the offensive coordinator at Georgia? I think that's his name. Has like I maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach. Maybe he's he looks appears to be kind of old. Um, maybe he's just totally down to do this. But he, for my money right now, has to be one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. He looks like a they, big booth guy. Like just loves yes. being in the booth. Oh yes, yeah, probably just dropping the zinnies in, um, and and just just dialing up plays. But he's got that offense running really well right now. They're doing everything perfect with uh, Stetson and mixing it up getting the ball i mean brock bowers was seemed to be missing for a lot of this game and then the last couple drives there got a, a couple of huge catches like right over the middle um they set stuff up well they're running the ball all right i mean this is this is all taking away from the better quarterback performance in this game by cj stroud yeah um who i think made himself some money yep. uh in in that game i don't know that we had seen cj stroud be as decisive um when he chose to run the ball and then also as uh, athletic um, moving in the pocket and being able to like make off platform throws to use a silly NFL, um, you know, arm talent. I think uh, it was the, the second touchdown to Marvin Harrison jr. Where the, where he kind of scrambled around and then kind of just like swung it and put it on a dime. That was kind of where he took the jump. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's by far the best, probably the best game he's, Played in college. Admittedly, yeah, what was watched... the, the score at halftime of this game? Ohio State was up for sure. And I think Georgia, Georgia was flirting with the was 21-24 at halftime. 28-24 Ohio State. Oh, gotcha. So I mean Georgia, I believe, came in and I mean Bennett almost threw a really bad pick right before halftime. Like there was some a, a couple bad decisions he made in the first half, which you you'll get that with Stetson Bennett. He 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 runs a little hot and has some picks in him. And oh, um, they didn't really get capitalized on by Ohio State. And I, I look back at that for Ohio State, and I wonder, I mean, in a one-point game, 42-41 final score, um, 
if Ohio State is kicking themselves a little bit uh, for, you know, not being able to capitalize on some of that. But I thought Stroud was fantastic. Um, And I thought Marvin Harrison Jr. was fantastic. Unfortunately, he got knocked out of the game. Um, Big hit in the end zone there. But, uh, you know, I will say it. I say it to you guys. Said it on the podcast already today. Georgia's defense, you know, they gave up some points in this game. They absolutely bring it. Every single dude on that defense yep. lays the lumber. And just it, they so just look, angry to the ball yeah. at all times. Like Utah, we we always like, haha, Utah's like, they must be a pain in the butt to play against. They're really tough and they like to turn games into fights. Like Georgia plays like Mike Tyson. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, that, that's not a fight. That I do not want to catch a pass yes. between the hashes against Georgia ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. So, I mean, yeah. Who's the, uh, who's the Seahawks receiver that just like, is famous for never getting getting any yeah. sort of contact. Like that's what this I would be doing against Georgia. Down. Yeah, all the time. I would be hopping yeah. out of bounds, or I would. The Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn Jr. famously did that too. <laughs> Mister would just beeline straight for the sideline. He'd be running like backwards to the sideline to get out of bounds. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, this was a, another just tremendous game. Um, comes down to a long field goal attempt. I, I, I have some questions for Ryan Day about the strategy there right at the very end Ohio State has the ball down one and has what would appear to be enough time to get into field goal range they did get into quote-unquote field goal range um and uh you know they kind of got within the line and then I think there was sort of a blown up was it a run play that got blown up and then I don't know they, so they, they sort they, of fr- they, they ran it away first place. down and it got yes. stuffed and right. then it, I think they attempted. Side note: like It had been short, getting stuffed all night. So I mean, short pass on second. It looked like <laughs> the stuffed run on first, like really spooked them. Like, oh, oh, maybe we shouldn't try and and do anything. Let's like, not turn it over. Yeah. Yeah. So they tried like a short pass on second down. I think yeah. that was incomplete. And then third down, Stroud got sacked. Um, but that was a weird play because the announcers were saying like. Georgia was not set on defense, mm-hmm. and so they quick snapped. Yeah, they tried to, to catch them. The guys that were set were the pass rushers, and yeah. they got through. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for Ohio State, but um, which is, all, I, I guess, maybe a little surprising. I mean, Georgia, for all we the the praise that we heap on their defense, they don't like really sack the quarterback a ton. Yeah. Um, but they they do a, a really effective job of, I think affecting the quarterback yeah they um, they keep him terrified good and yeah. good and often but they picked a good time to bust out a sack that's for sure jordan so yep um so before we preview the national title game i i want to bring up a point that kind of resurfaced in my mind as we had a lot of close bowl game finishes here um yeah since our last episode like why as like you guys know, I love the hook and lateral as a as a concept, as a play. It bothers yeah. me that teams wait until the last play of the game to bust that out. Like I think that should be your first or second play when when you've got a 30 second opportunity and you need to get into field goal range. Like do that then, not at the like, okay, here's the last snap and we, you know, something crazy is going to happen. Run the hook and lateral on first down. Like that's how, yeah. that's how you master deception. Then you get, then you get desperate and you start trying to force. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So just a little yeah, tip I, for all you coaches out there. Right. I'm with you on that. That's sort of the, the early 2000s <laughs> Boise State. They would, they would bust out a hook and lateral every now and then just to keep you on your toes. Yeah. I've always just kind of wondered why more coaches or more teams don't embrace the sort of like downfield chaos offense of like encourage people to pitch the ball. Like when they're getting tackled, like everybody remembers the Reggie Bush play in which he attempted to lateral the ball against Texas in the Rose bowl. But like, I will, I will contend that had that been something that they like worked on in practice or like was normal, that that would not have been that like big of a deal. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it was expected. I, I'm with you. I, I think like someone needs to implement more of like a rugby style, like after rugby after the catch kind of kind of situation. Yeah, get, I would love that. Get one of the basketball assistant coaches in there and teach these guys how to cut off the ball. Like run run a hard cut off a pin down screen. Right, right. Or run the uh, the the ultimate frisbee offense. Jason remembers that. Run stack. You know, we'll, cloud. We'll host that. Yeah, we'll split stack. <laughs> Let's go hellfish. Right? Really, really let your athletes get in space and operate. 
Yeah, that's all football is, really. When, it, when I think it's, athletes, what it boils down to. in space, I think Jason Crick in a pair of pink vapors. That's right. Sprinting. sprinting. <laughs> all right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with still, Jordan. I still have those mercurials somewhere. I don't know where they are. God, Blister City. That's probably true. All right, so those were the New Year's Six. Uh, regrettably, we did tally the results of those picks. Um, I went one and five. Thank you, Nick Saban, for saving me from the golden sombrero. Um, Jason went two and four, and Logan went three and three. Hey, Logan, rounding into form here. Y'all want to know how crazy of a weekend it was? Uh, Logan came out on top for. I think the- I I started out three and zero oh too, and I was you feeling. Did. I was feeling myself. But to your credit, you didn't get chesty about it in the text. Um, So I kind of was disappointed to see you, like, not even jinx jinx yourself, but the (laughs) results end up, like, you should have just talked cash stuff. I mean, I was really happy with how the Orange Bowl went because, like... Oh, I'm uh, sure you were. Yeah, I was just, you know, I was like, all right, this. this I wasn't good. too upset about it either. My, my well, big loss, sure, but sure. I, I wasn't too upset. Classic, about it. classic emotional hedge, anti Dabo emotional hedge. Yeah. Uh, all right. National title game will be played Monday, January 9th at 7 30 p.m. <coughs> it's the aforementioned Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU Horned Frogs. Frogs and dogs, baby. Um, we've got them both. Georgia's favored by 12 and a half in this game. I don't know where this spread lands in terms of historical national title game lines. Um, maybe I'll do some digging and see. But uh, 12 and a half is the number. Jason gets to start as per usual. It feels like that line, I don't know. I, I, have, I have no, uh, my finger is not on the pulse here I, I have no idea also the segment frogs these are your horned frogs yeah i thought i, I thought i was gonna have some more time to vamp i didn't realize we were just jumping straight <laughs> into these picks i'm really just thrown off here mm-hmm. um, we're a fast moving show jason you should know that's true full of athletes uh i'm gonna take georgia um possible that's a bit of an emotional hedge um but <laughs> i also um yeah, I just I think I think second half Georgia against Ohio State was a little bit more of the Georgia that we can expect in the national title game. Um, I just I just think there's too many dudes. I don't think TCU's probably seen the speed on defense that we talked about with Georgia. Um, it's just just kind of different, um, and I don't know that they have. And we say all this, having literally just said everything we said about their win over Michigan, but I don't know if they have the speed on offense that Ohio State did to kind of to to kind of put up the points that Ohio State did, and I don't know that they have. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that they can can go punch for punch with Georgia. So I think I think it'll be two touchdowns. It might be. I think it it feels like a late touchdown. I think TCU kind of hangs around, and I think it's probably a late touchdown that. Puts it over the line, but I am going to take Georgia losing the points. So maybe a little sprinkle on TCU first half to cover. Interesting. Interesting. I would I would be wildly intrigued by such a thing were I to know what that was. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to take Georgia as well. I think TCU's offensive success against Michigan especially seemed to rely on generating mistakes or – coverage busts and i just think georgia's defense is a much more a disciplined defense and well-oiled machine of a defense than michigan's is and i also think that they have better athleticism to make up for if the assignments are not completely there so i don't i don't anticipate tcu being able to generate um as much offensive havoc i guess as they did against michigan so i'll take uh the dogs but i will be pulling for the frogs i want to make that clear agreed yeah yeah i mean i it's it's hard to predict that georgia's defense is going to i think georgia's defense had a bit of a down day against ohio state and ohio state has some bona fide dudes now I, you could make an argument that TCU has a better receiver than any of Ohio State's receivers, which is 
crazy to maybe suggest that given how good Marvin Harrison Jr. looked um, in that game. But Quentin Johnson's really good. Um, they do a good job with their scheme of getting him the ball, getting guys open. Uh, Duggan cannot have like a, a three turnover game, though, I don't think yeah. in this one. Um, easy to say. Uh, but well, it's almost like points. one of those situations where it's like if he's so cognizant about don't turn the ball, don't turn the ball over, you probably lose some of that fiery magic that he plays sure. with. Right. So, and then maybe, I mean, I, I just think TCU is very well coached though. They, they, they're very confident yeah. in who they are. They like haven't really shown a desire to back them. Even the game they lost against Kansas state in the big 12 championship game was like right up to the end. Um, you know, like they, they, they stayed, they kept themselves in that game. Um, there's not a whole lot of back down there. So I think, I think I like TCU to cover here. I think Georgia probably wins the game based on all the stuff you guys talked about. Um, quality, depth, um, Munkin probably being able to pick on uh, likely an undersized defense. I'm not sure if Washington, the big, the huge tight end, the gigantic tight end is going to be playing for Georgia in the national championship game. Um, he is like a key to their blocking success and I think springing their run game a little bit, but he didn't play too much against Ohio State and they ran the ball pretty good uh, in that game. Bowers is a freak, obviously. Um but yeah, I think I do think though that TCU with Dykes' experience and being able to see how maybe Ohio State and was able to to get at Georgia a little bit and um, <clears throat> similarly, you know, dealing with Michigan's defense, like I think they'll be able to present some problems to Georgia. I think Georgia has, I mean, grading on the scale, their front seven is fantastic. I think their weak spots are in the secondary. I think Ringo's really good, but I think Keely Ringo gets a little handsy at times and you know you could get some you can get some all pass interference offense oh yeah the, shout out to jane coast and the all, all yeah. pi yeah offense right. might make an appearance you hate to see that you know but uh that that could make an appearance depending on how they're calling the game i just i think there's an avenue here for tcu to be able to score some points um with their big plays uh similar to the way ohio state was able to do it so all yeah, right me the hypno toad yeah, so this game is listed as starting at 7.30, but it always seems like these national title games finish up oh. at like midnight or half an hour past right. somehow. Oh, this game's in California? Uh, oh, yeah, SoFi Stadium where they're not, not allowing tailgating at, at the stadium. Is that a California COVID thing or? I don't know. Is, no tailgating? What, I mean, what kind of rule is that? I don't know. I saw it floating around on Twitter, though, so it's got to be true because that's where right, free absolutely. speech and facts exist. So, 100% true. Uh, Jason, do you have any final thoughts uh, on this game? Not really. I think it's going to be a fun one. I'm very I'm, – I'm looking forward to it. I think – I don't know that a TCU-Ohio State game would have gotten me super – I mean, obviously would have been excited. I don't know if I would have been super into it, but this matchup, for whatever reason, seems – possibly like the most fun of the combinations um yeah and i'm fully on board and you know you can say it would have been more fun if it was ohio state michigan no it wouldn't have we would have had to listen to that crap all week long and <laughs> god it would have gotten so annoying so That's thank you crap. college football gods for taking that off of our off of our burdens um so yeah i'm excited i think it's gonna be a very fun game dispatching of the big the b1g um while at the same time allowing Penn State to just reign victorious over the Pac-12 champion, which is still kind of hilarious how these things work out. But um, all right, cool. Well, uh, do we do we know what kind of halftime show we're going to get treated to this year? Because do y'all remember? Do y'all remember last year when that like they released like a weird uh, Katy oh, Perry no. and some European DJ music video <laughs> during halftime? Vaguely, yeah. No, I don't actually remember that. Yeah. But. Uh, you're, the Halftime Act is not going to do anything for anybody on this podcast. Who is it? Kelsey Ballerini. What does she do? New new young country music girl. Oh. Huh. Nothing I was going to guess so America's stadium. Got Talent. But. Yeah. Kelsey. Which I think is, I, I don't blame them for going this route, frankly. Well, sure. Georgia and TCU. 
you got to keep those eyeballs. Happy. I don't even. I, mean, I don't, I don't mean, think they hired her this week because it was Georgia and TCU. Yes. <laughs> but, Give us no, Valerie. Set the match. We want. We want. Would it be wild if they cooked the matchup up? Like, oh gosh, we've got Kelsey Ballerini booked. We got to get the two. The two can't, most can't Ohio southern State teams. Vegas. Yeah. Ohio State Michigan would have like what kind of halftime show would they have? Springsteen. Springsteen. No, that's Northeast. Um, yeah. Neil has Young. anybody? Neil, yeah. Yeah. Ted Nugent. Dylan. David Guetta. Oh, God. <laughs> Shout out to the family. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I watch that video and I uproariously <laughs> laugh to myself. I just cannot. The audacity in that video is amazing. Just, I can't. His entire chest, too. <laughs> Shout out to the family. <laughs> right into the drop. Oh, my God. Too good. All right. <laughs> all right uh let's uh wrap things up here um you guys so we're gonna watch the game do we know if we're getting a coach's film room uh we didn't get it for the semifinals which was a disappointment yeah i think we, we i would imagine we are but i don't know they i mean they did they did a weird mega cast thing with like taylor lawan and that was oh, yeah some some former O linemen and RG three left during one of the games because his wife yes. went into yeah. labor. Yeah, Shut I don't up. see any word on a coach's film room this year. How would you not do that? It's such good content. Because they gotta they gotta be. It's possible they're still locking down like a roster for it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's true. These guys are monitoring the portal. Yeah, you can do that from the film room. You just have Billy Napier in there saying things like, "Listen, guys, now how you do anything is how you do everything." I want y'all to know that. Thanks, coach. I think it would Appreciate be great it. to have like have coaches in there and just have them like making portal calls. Like, oh, sorry, I gotta take this, dude. Like, you you let Adam Schefter sit at a desk with two cell phones yeah. during trade deadline and just step away when he's got a call. Like, which is the most look at me, Louis thing of all time. Yeah. Too when like he's doing like a thirty seconds hit on Sports Center and it's like has to take. A call. And all it is is just pablum that he's been passed by agents and yeah. owners and. Yeah, I think that I think they should have them just because of, of like in case of the off chance that multiple coaches get a call from the same guy in the film room. It's yeah, like, I want to see. Wanna oh, do you see, talk to Billy? Yeah, I got him now, and like the other guy heads out. I want to see Day, Daniel Holgerson just give. Do you want to talk to Coach Gundy Napier? He's right here. I can just pass it down. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk to Dana next? No. Oh, I didn't think so either. All right, bye. Yeah, I'd be into that. I, I, Anyhow, I, I miss. I'm gonna miss the coaches' film room if they don't do it. I thought that was like unique and cool and, yeah. and fun. So that's my favorite way to experience college football. Honestly, you got a lot of like, up, oh, up. Oh, he's open. They got him. They got him. Oh, they got him. They got him. Touchdown! Touchdown! <laughs> yeah. touchdown. Like, oh, all the offensive to... guys get excited at the same thing when <laughs> yeah. they same time when they see the same bust. It's great. Gotta go. Gotta call timeout here. Gotta call timeout here. Gotta go. Gotta go. Love it. So, all right. Well. This is the Wheel Rob Podcast. We will be back with you next week with um, a little recap of the national championship game. And, and you know, we're gonna give the people what they want. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk some uh, some golf goals, life goals. We're gonna get introspective for the upcoming year. Yeah. We'll get introspective. Maybe we'll call in the big guns. Ooh, we're doing life Maybe goals too. I have my I have my golf goals planned out. We're doing life goals. I mean, I don't know. If we need to do life goals, but if you wanted to sprinkle a life goal in yeah, or a twenty twenty three life goal in, that might be good. I know Hashtag Jason's looking games. for that. Jason's looking at that 315 bench press. Three plates. Oh, it's just it's just been a while since I've done it. So they call him three wheels, correctly. He's back. Oh. Spoiler alert. Perfectly timed. <laughs> All right. You can find the show on Instagram at Wheelrout Podcast. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to the website, it's thewheelroute.com, where you can get the show. You can check the pick spreadsheet, and uh, you can generally um, I don't know. You can download the show there. You can listen to it on repeat if you want. It's up to you. We're out here. Thank you for joining us. Until we meet again, go Gators. Go Hoos. Hey, go Dukes.